0: Welcome to Good to Know Shreveport Bozier, a podcast showcasing all the good things happening in our community. I'm Nate Fluharty. This is my co-host Paul Reeser, a local businessman and a member of the Committee of 100. And each podcast, we're going to focus on some of the topics and initiatives that are having a positive impact right here in our community. With new episodes available every other Wednesday, you can find Good to Know wherever you typically listen to podcasts. Well, Paul, thanks for joining us as always, pal. We appreciate it. Man, thank you for joining us because yeah.
1: when you're here, uh, Bimefor's not here, Jeffrey Bimefor.
0: <laughs> he's doing importance. He's like at the Capitol today talking to the senators and stuff. Yeah, so. he's in our nation's Capitol uh, grinding away too. But so I get the, uh, the great honor of filling in for Jeff today and love to talk about some good things to know. Thank you, man. Thanks yeah. for coming out. Well, good thing to know we got another amazing guest
1: today. Uh, I'm super excited, really, because we have a local uh, remarkable entrepreneur. This young man has brought businesses to town, He's bought old businesses and just uh, most recently partnered in the new Rhino Coffee down in Providence yep. subdivision. So, Grant Knuckles, yeah. local entrepreneur, thank yeah. you for joining yeah. us. Yeah, thank Great you. To be Thanks here, for John. having thank me. You.
2: <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. I'm a big fan of the show and uh, it's it's cool to be sitting here with y'all. Yeah. yeah,
0: thank
1: you very much. So, I said, you know, remarkable young man just because you're in so many things. So. Again, what are the businesses you own? You you, you purchased Cuban liquor, which is awesome what you've done with That's that. That's
2: right. So, yeah, my partner and I purchased that uh, in uh, 2020, and uh, a year before that, we purchased uh, Jacqueline's Cafe. And uh, my partner, who started Rhino Coffee about 10, 11 years ago, uh, he and I just, uh, he started Rhino Coffee out in Providence, where I live, and uh, and we partnered up and put a Southern Maid inside of there with one of the local Southern Made uh, franchisees. So. Yeah, I mean, Shreveport's mm-hmm. home. Been here a long time. Family's been here forever, and so uh, we uh, we talk about growing the pie here, and so that takes, as you well know, you know, multiple businesses, and so that's what that's what we found ourselves in. Yeah. Cool. yeah.
1: So, and you also brought Twisted Root to That's town. right. That was your first venture, the yep, cool that was looking place in Shreveport. Yeah, built so, that building
2: 10 years ago and uh, and unfortunately just just closed it down for new opportunities, but we can get into that as well. Had a good yeah, run there after and, 10 and, years, and that was yeah. kind of my, my foray into the restaurant business.
0: And yeah, I, I tell you what, when I moved to Shreveport actually seven years ago in Twisted Root, one of the first businesses that I, uh, love to check out and it was it was so unique to me a different way that these burgers were cooked uh, the different variations and things like that and it kind of seems like some of these other businesses that you have it's not the same old same old kind of things right
2: and and I think that's uh, looking back uh, there and certainly the businesses that we've purchased having that longevity in a town like Shreveport or any town uh, you know middle-sized market that can be open 40 years as a restaurant, 90 years as a <laughs> as a liquor retailer. Wow! They're they're doing something right that's made them unique, and so um, our basic goal is to take that and uh, and kind of nurture that brand for the next 40 or 90 years, not mess it up, maybe make some tweaks, but just I, I kind of look at it like we're the kind of custodian of of the brand, you know, for the next generation. Wow!
1: It that's is amazing. Cool. You know, I had I had I was a franchise guy in the Sonics. Right. And, uh, but people ask me a lot: Do you, would I should they get into a franchise or should they start their own business? And I usually recommend trying to find a business to buy. Yeah. But you've done all three of those. so I yeah. want to talk about the three different business models today, what it's like doing business in Shreveport, mm-hmm. uh, why you stayed around. I mean, there's so much stuff to talk about. Absolutely. But first of all, uh, you're you're raised in Shreveport. You're
2: from here, right? Family's been here since 1863, I think. <laughs> Mom's, wow. mom's side in Shreveport, dad's <laughs> family got to Bossier Parish around the same time, so uh, mm-hmm. many people my age that are here or back here, I mean, families are, is, is at the top of the list and certainly for me too, um, have kids that are now seventh generation Shreveporters, and of course your heartstrings pull you here, and I want to keep them here. Part of that's making sure that it's a fun place to grow up, and uh, and there's lots of cool businesses for them to go to as they grow older, so that's, that's kind of the, the general idea. I went to Tulane, came back here. Uh, worked for uh, Hardware Resources, which my, my mentor and was the founder of that company, I found myself traveling in the hardware business, went to China like 12 times in four, four or and a half years, and wow. uh, they got bought out pri- by pri- private equity, and I started to get that scratch, that, that itch to do my own, to hang my own shingle somewhere. Um, my dad has been in the car wash business in Bossier for 40 years. I grew up in a small biz- family business, and so mm-hmm. I think that was just, I guess, in the blood. So.
0: Yeah, I like that. What about the importance, too, uh, of maintaining that to uh, kind of help the communities here? I mean, you mentioned your family's been here for a long, long time. So um, to maintaining that local aspect of things.
2: Yeah, so a town the size of Shreveport, uh, small business, family business, locally owned businesses is is, um, up and down every street in our city, right? And and many of those business owners are multi-generational. Uh, I mean, even my wife, her her mom and grandmother started a ladies' boutique in 1976 in in Shreveport, the Village Washstand. That's in Piermont Common now, third generation company. So, um, it's uh, it's the American story. It's a Shreveport story. And and uh, for those of us that grow up in that business, and luckily she did too. So we understand each other's struggles. Come home after a long day of work, and you know, and you're still working, you know, and or you're you're talking about each other's day. But uh, but I think we both understand the value of that, uh, not for, just for our families, but for the, the greater of the city. Yeah, Keep I'm it sure unique, it was, that's that cultural you can fabric. Write, I'm sure, a lot to that, Paul.
1: Something about that, it seems like. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, I told <laughs> him on the phone, like, you
2: asking me about restaurants. This dude, he's one <laughs> yeah. of my mentors. I mean, the, one of the best parts of, about getting in the Committee 100 is getting to meet him. I mean, and we can talk about franchises. Um, one of my biggest frustrations, Paul, is that people, uh, a lot of people think equate franchise with um, not locally owned yeah. or right. franchise with not being involved in the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that I always try to stress to my friends and try to lead by example, follow your footsteps. I mean, this guy was super and still is super involved in, in the community. I mean, Roy Griggs, And you know, do you think McDonald's, you automatically think corporate. Yeah. Roy mm-hmm. Griggs, a local hey, McDonald's franchisee, one of my mentors and friends perhaps the most community involved restaurateur right. in Shreveport. So mm-hmm. that's something I try to drive home and remind people of. Locally owned is important, mm-hmm. but there's right. many ways to be locally owned. Sure. That's right, I mean, we send our royalty checks to wherever the
1: franchise home is, but we own that building. Well, in my case, I was able to own the building. Yep. Uh, we own the business, we hire the people locally. You, you, the company does not come in on a, on a horse to save you if you have problems, it's That's your it. it's your business. That's right. And uh, and you see a lot of local franchises that get very involved in schools and different organizations. I know you do, especially. Uh, I know I'm very familiar with what you do with Cuban liquor. Yeah. Uh, to be involved with different areas. Um, talk about different ways to get involved with local community and support your local community when you own a business.
2: Yeah, I mean, like at Twisted Root, many restaurants do the give back nights, but I, I wanted to make sure that was an integral part of our business. I actually partnered with a local uh, uh, marketing upstart and, and one of my tasks was find me schools, churches, nonprofits. I want to do at least one fundraiser a week. Most of the restaurants are giving back 10%. We gave back 20 and um, just make that a part of the business. I looked at it as a win-win. Of course mm-hmm. I want to give back. But also it brings customers and oftentimes it new does. customers in. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a great thing. And so even at, even at Cuban, you would think, I mean, and it's a nicer liquor store, but it's still a liquor store. Well, how can you give back to local nonprofits? Well, I found some other stores and other markets that um, take these out these what we call allocated bourbons, right? Pappy Van Winkle's the most famous one, but all these bottles that are hard to get and um you can mark them up to a real high price but i didn't want to do that i said instead well just, it, let's just, just talk about what, what a raffle is. are you familiar uh with with bourbons like the expensive
1: fancy stuff that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, i so gotta choose know, my words yes uh, yes i've, yes, s- I've heard yeah. about these uh, yes, things on right. special occasions yeah, yeah. so there's one yeah. so happy van winkle is going to be you know you can just find it on the internet for Hundreds many, of thousands yeah, many of thousands of dollars. So, I,
2: I, so it comes to me with a suggested retail price of like the ten-year, seventy-nine dollars. Mm-hmm. You go online and you're going to pay ten times that easily. Yeah, sure. So in, in some liquor stores, we'll put it behind a glass cabinet and they'll sell it themselves for seven hundred dollars instead of seventy. Mm-hmm. Well, we, in, in following others, um, said we're going to sell it for the fair price because we feel like in the long run that's good. Our customers appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But um, we raffle off tickets with all the proceeds of the raffle for mm-hmm. many bottles like this. And we, we decided on, on our first year, we picked 100 bottles throughout the year and sold each of them at the normal price. But we, we raffled off the right, the, the chance to win uh, the right to buy one of those bottles from us. And mm-hmm. so first year we raised $20,000. Last mm-hmm. year, over 25,000. That proceeds, which is, Way more than what we even sell the bottles for, we pick an, a local nonprofit. My partner, and I really believe that um, identi- that helping the children in the inner city uh, have access to books and reading is critical to turning around a lot of Shreveport's problems. And so, we uh, partnered with the Dolly Parton Library of United Way one year, Common Ground in the Cedar Grove community one year. And so, it's a really fun way to get involved, give back, uh, and while conducting a you know, normal course of business. So, I think that there's any way that any business can get involved, there's fun, well, creative ways to do it.
1: And more about just the creative part and talk about that. Because if you own a business, people are constantly asking you for things. Which every is day. Great. It's a great Especially opportunity. Especially in a restaurant business. Yeah, right. But it's, it's every day. Because restaurant food's just free, just give it away. You know? That's it. Um, so, a bottle of Blanton's, let's say. It's right. a nice, nice bourbon. And uh, it's hard to get. Yeah. So how many bottles of blantons a month will they send your
2: liquor store? Not many. I mean some months you'll get a handful, many months you'll get zero. Yeah, so you always try two or three
1: bottles of blantons. So I remember we had lunch one day and I'm like, Hey, hey, Grant, can you hook me up for a friend. Right. Yeah. With some blantons. And you're like, dude, everyone asked me for that. That's right. (laughs) So it's a great way to politely say, you know, I can't give everybody a bottle of blantons, but I do raffle it off. If you want you know, it's like sixty five dollars to buy the bottle
2: you know, retail, Right.
1: <laughs> it's, it's not $65. But we'll always <laughs> but hold a some way. for,
2: yeah. uh, like we were at uh, Cyport's, uh, Cyport had, a, um, had their annual uh, uh, fundraiser at Cyport at night the other weekend, they do silent auctions, so I always try to hold back some bottles. If we get asked for uh, a nonprofit that we're involved with or that means something to us or that's doing something like that, we made a gift basket, had a bottle Blanton's in it with some old-fashioned stuff. Gave it to them to where they can, instead of me selling it for two or three hundred dollars instead mm-hmm. of sixty. I'll give it to them, they can put it in a basket, silent auction, they can make two or three hundred dollars on the basket, and uh, yeah. so it's fun. Well, it's
1: a great way to be creative and yeah. give back, and every, every Friday, uh, and you're, I mean, I'm just selling Cuban liquor. Hey, today. come on, I let's do your other it. I love restaurants <laughs> too. because you, but free pub. Because you're, you're just, your creativity in the way you do this local marketing, so you send out the, the Facebook page, you say, okay, the first whoever. That's right, we'll pick
2: a random Friday, once mm-hmm. every four or six weeks, and a, a lot of these similar type of bottles, we'll just put them all on the shelf, mm-hmm. I don't tell my wife, my, not even my staff, not even my business partner knows when I'm gonna do it, because I want them to be able to look a customer in the eye and truthfully say, dude, I promise yeah. you, I don't <laughs> know the next time we're doing this. Right. But you'll know when I know, and that's when it hit, the picture goes on Facebook. you know. And the so, the Cuban, um, Cuban Liquor Face, but we'll go ahead and right. give you a plug. The yeah, Cuban yeah, absolutely. Cuban Liquor Face. Should they anything just anything. go there, like it, friends yeah, with it? Yeah, like it, it and that okay. way you'll get notified. And, and um, on, on these random Fridays, we'll, I'll, I'll try to put up 60 or 75 bottles. Mm-hmm. And any one customer, can they buy one bottle. Not one of each, just one. That gives 60 or 75 different customers in Shreveport the opportunity to come in. And, and fairly you know, purchase one of these bottles. Now,
0: so. I, I'm interested, to, for those that don't know, uh, that may be checking things out right now, I guess some may be asking the question, uh, what is making this so rare? Is it a supply chain issue that we've heard so many times before? Is it just so many people are looking for Blanton's? Yeah,
2: it's, uh, it's both. I mean, it, and these brands kind of come and go. Uh, my suppliers tell me like 10 or 15 years ago, Pappy Van Winkle was on the closeout list, and the the suppliers' reps were buying it for ten and fifteen dollars a bottle. Just yeah. get it out of the warehouse. This stuff's not selling. <laughs> wow. And then there's all kind of great documentaries about it, but. Um but the brands catch fire. And then now these these bourbons in in many cases take six years, sometimes 10, 15, 20 years to to make, to sit there in that warehouse. Mm -hmm. So today the supplier realizes they've got a gold mine on their hands, but it takes them eight or 10 or 15 more years to make more. And so, you, when you're in the when the, when you're in that time waiting, you're only getting what you, that little bit that you're getting. Mm. And so, it's just this, the simple supply of demand. Wow,
1: <laughs> interesting. Thanks for breaking that down. Well, I, I mean, I love business, so we got to be careful. But and, and <laughs> people are interested <laughs> in business. We got some taste. What? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, if people are interested in getting into business, like I said, we, what is the um, business climate in Shreveport? How are young people? You know, it's mostly older folks like me, and, and even older right, some, Yeah, uh, in business around, but how do people, if they want to start getting into business, where should they start to get involved, and what all things are you involved That's a good in? Yes,
2: yeah, so, I mean, I, um, I'm, I'm a big believer in giving back with nonprofit service. It's not the only way to give back, but it's a way I really enjoy giving back. Uh, meeting people like you is, has helped me, and, uh, and it's certainly, um, well, I'm on the board of the uh, Shreveport Chamber, Committee 100, the State Committee 100, the Independence Bowl Foundation, um, Boy Scouts of America. I was an Eagle Scout at a young age, uh, and and had fun giving back as I grew older that way. Um, so, and it's not like I said, it's not the only way to give back. Many people serve on their church boards. Many people start their own nonprofit or just go volunteer on a weekend. But Uh, it's really, really important because we can't just sit down and complain. Every city has problems. Shreveport has its share, but I promise you all cities have their share. And uh, I think what makes Mm -hmm. one city better than the other is the degree to which their citizens just get involved and give back. So Mm -hmm. um, I've enjoyed the nonprofit service and maybe that's a reason why (coughs) we've put in the time to get creative on how our businesses can kind of get involved in a fun way and and give back too. But I do think it's important uh if if i want my kids and their kids kids to stay here like i've stayed um, then I think they need me to uh, to get involved to try to make the city better. That's so.
0: awesome. And I think you guys could both kind of shed some light on this, but as far as the overall business climate right yeah. now, I'm sure there are worse places to be in America right now than, than shreveport Bozier. I mean, it, we see new businesses coming in. You, you got some lined we, up?
2: I think Shreveport is so, you know, to be our size, we have so many things going for us. It's a blessing and a curse. What I mean is we're the smallest city in America. With a symphony, a ballet, an opera, a world-class science museum, a world-class art museum, you know. So, but that's great at the Strand Theater. We could keep going, but but to take care of all those things with a limited population base, you've got to either. Uh, get that population base uh, more successful with disposable income, or you've got to grow that population base. And so that's what we all need to be focused on doing, because there's a lot of cities bigger than us that don't have any of that. Yeah. And then don't even get me started on our legit music history. We've got more legit music history here than Nashville or Austin. Wow. You mm-hmm. know? So we just need to cultivate that. And then with our natural resources, no city can build a river or an an interstate, or have two of the largest rail lines in America intersecting, or have a manufacturing port, or have a world-class multimodal airport facility. So we've got all this, and all these job announcements you've seen the last year or two that that people like the BRF, the Chamber of the Committee 100, uh, NLEP, Justin Dixon, these organizations that are working together, you're hearing these 300, 600,000 person job announcements. It's because of all this, and so a lot of us, that are uh, my age and older, they've been hearing about all the good things we have and you're like, well, okay, well, let's, let's take advantage. Well, it takes mm-hmm. time, but it's happening. Yeah. The General Motors facility that we all know about that had so many thousands of jobs in the 80s when I was a kid and started to close, there are more jobs there and committed there now than there were when that facility closed. That's huge. Right. And, um, and, and so it makes me excited because I sit on the bottom of the food, my wife's um, you know, <laughs> business that sells you know, clothes and and, and sheets and and all kind of cool gifts, the liquor store, the restaurant, my dad's car wash. These are service restaurant, retail service businesses. Mm -hmm. We need population to survive and thrive. And so I'm so fired up. I want to do whatever I can to support these these big job opportunities because that's gonna be more customers and employees for for our smaller companies.
0: Yeah, I like that. We're gonna have to add tourism to uh, his list. Man, I'm (laughs) telling you, you're getting me fired up. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome.
1: And you know, you talk about this, when you join these types of committees, you get involved, um, you know, you may do it, people might join now because I say, I wanna meet Grant, and that's (laughs) a great way to do it. You get to join and you get to be around folks like you,
2: uh, old folks like me. And I don't get to often, I mean, Uh, Being from here, and you meet a lot of people, so I know some of these large business owners, but I certainly don't, I'm not on that level as far as a big manufacturer or something, so I really enjoy meeting somebody, um, you know, like a Graham Walker that owns Fiberbond, or Trey Smith with Ivan Smith, these huge companies, multi-multi-hundred-thousand-person employers. They're operating on a different scale, but we can learn from each other. And, right. and we can try to support each other and and find solu. Sometimes find solutions to each other's problems just because we come from a, a different standpoint. Yeah. But, uh, but there are people really discount, there are some big incredible companies here in Streetport. But there's some small incredible ones too. You know. Yeah. It's fun getting to know those well, people. Well that's
1: you know, you, you can be on different events and you learn, you make connections with people, it opens up opportunities. I speak for free to a lot of sure. organizations and then people call me later and ask me to speak and actually pay me money. Can you believe that, <laughs> Nate? That's awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. It's but I'm not doing it for that. Right. But it, it I do it just to try to help out. So, you know, in Join these different organizations as an opportunity to help the community, but it always comes back to you. you know? That's right. I mean,
2: what you know, another th- another great part about being in a city the size of Shreveport, it's uh, it's big enough that there's a cultural demand of, of especially young people that want to get into to new fun things, but it's small enough to where if you see something that you don't that that you want to uh, create, the city's not so big that you can't just go do it. So right. Some friends of mine a few years ago saw a real need for more events and festivals in Shreveport, music festivals, art festivals. And so we just started just doing them Mm -hmm. and uh, and, and we're successful with that. And so that's another real big benefit. It's the Big Fish Small Pond deal. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. a lot harder, uh, harder, more timely and expensive to go create a music festival in Dallas versus to go create one in Shreveport.
0: And is it that simple? Is it just? It's not let's simple. Ju- let's but, just, well, I mean, you but make it's, it sound uh, simple. It's That's more a good simple than if you just were in to a big say, city. Just to do it. Yeah, just it's more it.
2: simple that, like. Yeah. You know, um, we had the first, uh, th- the first uh, public event at Norton Art Gallery, partnered with them. Derby mm-hmm. Day it was incredible. There had never in the in the almost two hundred year history of Shreveport never been a free big festival in Betty Virginia Park. Crawfest, ten thousand people, yeah. free, incredible music. Uh, the demand, you know, if you're willing to put out the hard work, it's just—it's no different than starting a business. Sure. it's a huge risk. It's a lot of time, but um, but you can be rewarded. And if you see a need, and uh, and do the work, I'm just saying it's easier than seeing and doing that that work in a, in a bigger market. So I think people that can take that to their advantage. So you can go
1: to Derby Day and you can say, man, I really like this, who puts this on Grant? Grant, I wanna volunteer next year. And then you take them and you show them how to do everything and then you say, oh, from what I've learned and these connections, now I can go on and do my own free thing, you know? Mm -hmm.
2: And that's what, part. whether you get, like I've found mentors in the restaurant business, you can find mentors in in any business. I mean, I think most people will tell you Shreveport is a very giving town as far as, whether it's the Mm -hmm. business, civic leaders, the events, whoever they are, cultural. uh, If you're willing to sit down and ask I'm telling you, they're going to be more than willing to, to tell you and, and to, to kind of mentor you. And again, that's harder to get plugged into in a bigger town like that. Yeah. Well, guys, yeah. as we begin to wrap things up
0: here. Wrap it up. I, we're well, not we even well, getting started well, yet. I got a very, <laughs> a very important uh, question slash observation. I was I was mentioning too, I'm filling in for Jeff for normally his deal. But um, this has been so enlightening for me to hear because... Uh, For both of you guys that are staples of the community, you've both had so much success in the business world, I'm sensing a lot of optimism From both of you guys, so I'd like to kind of ask you about that. Is the fact that Mm -hmm. you know, uh, oftentimes in the news and the business climate, there's you know, inflation impacting Americans. There's there's so much happening economically in this world that can be viewed as a negative. But when we break it down on kind of a local scale, both you guys, again, you both seem optimistic. I want to ask you about you know what you see about the future, uh, the good things. The good to know stuff, and uh, and where we what it takes to get there, and we'll yeah, sort, and I, I am you, optimistic,
2: and I've lived through you know even recently uh, some of the tough climate with inflation and everything, but that's that's transitory, that's temporary. It's a cycle, it's an American cycle. It's, you're going to be affected by that anywhere. I think mm-hmm. the things that we talked about that can't be easily replicated, like the fabric of a community, its people, and all these resources and things we have going for us. Um, that's what makes me optimistic, but also not just the Pollyanna stuff. I mean, these job announcements that we're seeing, like, um, I mean, Amazon obviously, but they've doubled down. I mean, they've already committed to a second location. A second the first one's not mm-hmm. even opened yet. Yeah. And so we, a, a, as America is growing south and as companies are looking for um, ways to get in and like distribution and manufacturing—they're—they're they're having to look at towns like Shreveport that check all the boxes and that are a more cost-effective way of, of doing business. So, I really believe our best days are ahead of us. I really, really do. And so, that's what makes me excited to to keep trying to plug away here and to hope that you know my kids after school will come back, you know, just like I did.
0: And we certainly hope that you yeah. do. Uh, what about you, Paul? Going to keep giving good advice to, Just what to he guys said. like this? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm was, I was mentoring
1: into my old age.
0: No,
1: but I will say, I, it's all about people to me, you yeah, know. And, yeah. and I'm also I was in the retail business and you know with sales and fast food. And uh, but you know you look at someone like Grant here who's had m- amazing successes, but also some failures. Yeah. You know. So people say, well, what happened to Twisted Root? How can Absolutely, you be so yeah. optimistic? Well, most restaurants close in the first year. Fifty percent close within you know eighty percent close within the first ten years. But you, but you were open for ten years. Yep, it was a great run, I would say. But tell people kind of what happened. What happened? Yeah, absolutely. To this so
2: um, when we opened, our ticket average was about fourteen dollars a person, including alcohol, milkshakes, everything. When I closed, it was over twenty, mm-hmm. simply because having to raise prices to meet all this crazy year and a half or so of inflation we've seen. Um, In in a bigger town, now one advantage of a bigger town is that you may have more families that could still afford that big drastic change in price. Um, But even still, um, in in other cities, you're seeing many restaurants close. They're always closing. I mean, that's just the nature of the business, is to to his point. But uh, specifically with my overhead there, a big, nice building, huge facility, 5,000 square feet. Um, In 2013, uh, the cost of rot- running that restaurant was much much lower, so the ability for me to sell the same hamburger at a lower price, it was a, it was easier to do. Mm. So now it needs to go to somebody with a higher end, uh, you know, food item that can justify instead of a twenty dollar hamburger, sell a forty or fifty dollar nice plate of food that many restaurants in Shreveport are successful doing right now. And uh, and I think it, it's a great facility and in a great part of town. I think it'll it'll be great. But um, as far as Selling hamburgers in a big facility, you know, it's just different. It, the, the economy's changed. That's definitely not a knock on Shreveport. Right. It's just a knock on. That's today's climate anywhere. It's
1: a beautiful building. It could yeah. be anything. If anyone wants anything. to buy his building, man, go check it. It could it's, be a law firm. I or mean, it. we, it we were talking anything. the other day know, you know, two, the
2: fantastic. two biggest, uh, two most similar businesses that I could think of that were for sale a, a month or two ago. Um, uh, on uh, big uh, Zaxby's on Yuri Drive and the old Applebee's on Burke have both been bought and t- in turning into car washes, mm-hmm. which is funny because that's that's the business I grew up in, and it's <laughs> just crazy. That <laughs> business has changed too. But yeah. they call you your never dad. Know. Maybe he wants. To yeah, <laughs> fancy car. But, but all <laughs> but, that to yeah, say, all that to
1: say is uh, it's not the end of the world. That's you, right. d- yeah, you have right. to put that into your.
2: Um, you put that into your model, and you have to model. know when to pivot, and you have to know right. when to make a hard pivot. I mean, that's mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, I've there's uh, oh, that I keep a little running list just for my own uh, knowledge. Over 75 restaurants have closed in Shreveport since COVID. Wow! I mm. mean, you don't really realize it until you really take stock of that. But many of them reopen as something else, and mm. some of them reopen to your point, and you know, as something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to really look at the business you're going into, and and know the risks that you're taking. But for everyone that closes and reopens, you know thankfully you've got the staples of your community, like Jacqueline's that I have that's been around 40 years. In many of the awesome new restaurants that have opened here in the last five or ten years, we have world-class restaurants and world-class operators and chefs here. and uh, that's equally as important of the, the fabric of the community. So I just encourage people, support all the locally owned ones. Uh, that you can and, and get out there and try try to find something new. We've got a lot of cool things in this town. Re- certainly restaurants, but art and culture and music and the list goes on.
0: Very well said. How much time do we have, Nate? We uh, we're actually just about out of time,
2: but Man, I think I that was, was a great about closing, closing buying segment. Jack
0: Jacqueline's
1: <laughs> and what you did to get the business up and there's so many cool things. But yeah. but yeah, we're, I think we're we're right to be optimistic. But people think optimistic means that you're expecting a hundred percent success. And sure. When I grew up, there was always a saying, you know, a big, you know, Hall of Fame baseball guy only hits it three out of ten times. That's right. Okay. That's the best of the best. So I'm, I'm luckily, I probably hit eight out of ten. Um, but there's some failures, there's some bad ones. But you know, you got to expect those, and you got to prepare for them, and you got to be right. able to pivot, like you said.
0: So. Um,
1: but anyway, man, thanks so much for thank coming y'all. out. Here. Thank yeah. you <laughs> thank you.
2: Yeah,
0: it's both of you guys, I appreciate you letting me be here today, and it's sure. very enlightening for me to, you know, to to hear from both of you about uh, where the, uh, the area goes from here. So this is really cool, and you gave us a lot of good stuff to know. Awesome, thank so, y'all. Thank you, pal, and thank you, Paul, as always. Absolutely. Close us out with
1: your official. Uh, you're the actual paid guy that knows how to be on TV and all that stuff.
0: Oh, so you're well, the no, talent. No pressure. <laughs> well, the big <laughs> thanks. <it> great. <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of all of us here at KTBS, we certainly like to thank the fellows for being here today, and for you to tuning in to our Good to Know podcast. Stay tuned for much more here in the future. Very proud to do this, and very proud of our community.